Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast resource of Start Church, in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I couldn't be more excited today. I've got my friend, Pastor Jim Kyles from Anchor Bend. Hey, thanks for being with us. Oh, so great to be with you, Nathan. So good to circle back and connect. We're so delighted to be here. That's great. Well, here, here's what I know. I know uh, I've had a lot of time spending with you. You've coached me through a lot of things. I've been able to see your journey and you see mine. So I know yeah. today is going to be uh, some good stuff for those of you that are listening. Uh, Pastor Jim, you're out in Texas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Anchor Ben and uh, what God's doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, started a church seven years ago, uh, six and a half years to be exact, in Rosenberg, Texas. Uh, most people don't know where that's at. It's a suburb of Houston. Uh, yeah, started March 17th, 2013. That's a good day. And uh, absolutely stayed there and then just seen God do some amazing things. The church has grown. And you and I were just talking about, we're looking at purchasing our first Sunday uh, worship campus. Um, awesome. and so, yeah, just, just a lot of great things happening. Church planning is an exciting and wonderful and amazing yeah. Uh, and also most difficult thing you'll ever do. That's right. <laughs> so you, you mentioned church planning. So a lot of people on our podcast are either ch- current church planners or considering. Yeah. So if you don't mind, give us a second. Let's rewind the tape. How did you get the call to plant? What's your ministry background? Kind of bring us into that story a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm probably a little bit different than some people. I, I know I talk to guys that plant churches and they say since they were a kid, God put the desire to plant a church. They would wow. always, you know, had this desire. For me, it was funny. Phyllis and I were actually just recently talking about it. Uh, I've always been a young entrepreneur. You know, when I was 18 years old, started a gold plating business. By the time I was 22, we started doing real estate, had seven properties. You know, 24, we owned a restaurant, 30 wow. employees. Uh, so I always thought I'd be in the business world. In fact, my greatest uh, goal was to be a millionaire by the age of 35. And uh, I remember even as a young uh, adult, these words coming out of my mouth, I'll do anything for God, but I would never pastor a church. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty God gets a kick God, out of us, I'm sure. Yeah, He does get a kick. But it's interesting how through a series of events, uh, by 2005, we were on staff with a ministry uh, in Tyler, Texas, a large youth ministry was doing leadership and traveling. And um, so I, I was excited. It was great, fully focused in ministry. And then 2008, God moves us to Houston uh, to be a part of a church plant, which was uh, our family lived in Houston. The pastor I grew up under asked me if I'd come and help him launch the third campus. And uh, I, I thought, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want a pastor, but he said, hey, come be the executive pastor. Yeah, uh, help me run the leadership and the structure, and that's what I love. I love leadership structure, so I said absolutely. I'd, I'd love to be a part of it, and uh, we helped him here for several years. And then I was on a mission trip. How many know God speaks on that's, mission trips? That's right. I was in South Africa, 2012, 
And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is a year of transition. And uh, came back, told Phyllis, I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but something big is going to happen this year. In fact, I, I told her, I said, we may even move to South Africa. I don't know. Wow, yeah. God really spoke to me about a year of transition. And so uh, March that year, had a meeting with the pastor I was on staff with. And through just a really divine conversation, uh, he said, I feel like there's transition. And I said, it's funny you say that. The Lord spoke to me. And said this is a year of transition. He said, What do you think it is? I said, Oh no, no, no. What do you think it is? Wow. <laughs> and he just said, Man, you know, you can stay here. He said, I just think we ought to talk about he said, Have you ever thought about planting a church? And uh when he said those words, I just thought, No, I really haven't entertained it, but I would be open. He said, Well, pray about it. I I've lived thirty minutes away from the church. I was commuting into Stafford. Uh, lived in Rosenberg and came back the next week and said, I feel like that's what God has, is telling us to do. So we wow. took 11 months. That's where you and I met. We yeah. met at our ARC assessment. Yeah. In, I think it was 2012. Yeah. The Start Church helped us get our nonprofit status. And, um, and then 11 months, went through the process, launched the church, launched with 345 in the movie theater uh, wow. in March. 17, 2013. And so it's not that I had this lifelong call, but really God just through a series of events. You and I were just talking about it before we got on the podcast about how God has a tendency to reroute your life. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it was like I was heading in one direction and God said, well, I want you to do this and go on an assignment for me. And so we've been giving our life to this and continue. Uh, we'll continue to do it for the rest of our lives. Hey there, listeners. Did you know that obtaining your 501c3 status is one of the best steps a church can take? This protects not only the church, but also its donors. For this reason, our Start Right service helps pastors complete both processes of incorporating their churches and getting their 501c3 approval. You don't have to carry the burden of preparing bylaws, articles, and IRS applications by yourself. Instead, let our team of consultants walk you through the process. It would be our honor to serve you. Call us today at 770-638-3444. And now back to the podcast. So let's talk about planting a little bit. What's the process you went through? You mentioned ARC a little bit. How do you go from, and I, and I love, first off, kudos to your pastor. Many people don't <laughs> suggest, hey, have you considered right. planting? Usually you plant and, you know, you get the left foot of fellowship. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to that guy, you know, for just speaking wow. life over what is. Really? Yes. But talk me through the process. So the next week you come in, hey, I think that's God. Talk me through yeah. the next 11 month high level view. What's the process? Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the first thing is you got to have the right people speaking into your life. And so, uh, uh, we actually had not been as connected with ARC. We'd heard about ARC. And for those listening to the podcast, ARC is the Association of Related Churches. And so they help plant churches all across America. I think we've just planted over 800 uh, churches the last I saw. And so someone just, uh, a dear friend of mine said, hey, I just planted with this organization. You ought to check it out. I talked to the pastor I was on staff with. He said, go check it out. And um we went to what they had as an assessment. It's where you go and you learn some of the basics. They assess you and decide if, if they feel like you're in the right season, the right place, because they want you to be successful. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was really the value of relationships. And I, I was telling someone that just the other day, the relationships are the currency of life. 
you know, God moves through the relationships that we have. And I'm so grateful for it because it actually it led us to start church. It led us to you. And then you guys helped us form our nonprofit. ARC helped us through the launch process. And, you know, you know you're going to start a church. But honestly, it, it, the old school mentality, and this is what the, my pastor had told me. He said, uh, he said, well, son, he said, you just need to go start having weekend services. Yeah. You know, his suggestion was, hey, just go ahead and launch in three months. Well, you know, I don't know a whole lot, but I knew three months wasn't enough time because back then the old school was, hey, you just set up shop and people will come. Yeah, sure. That's, that's not really, you know, there's there's a little bit of a better way to do it now right. than just that. And, and kudos to those guys that dug it out, but that was their mentality. Yeah. The best thing we ever did was partner with an organization that had a blueprint and the plans that you could run that would help you launch as well. I mean, think about it. We were able to launch Solvent from day one. Yeah. And that is a huge testimony of just being able to run a play and have others around you that are smarter than you, that have been there, and uh, can help us be the best version of Anchor Bend possible. So. And, you know, planting, never doing ministry alone. At the end of the day, yeah. so many people are either reinventing the wheel you know, they're, they're learning their own mistakes. That's what I found with having a oh, yeah. coaches and tribes is, Hey, I don't have to learn all my mistakes. There's some guys two right. years ahead of me that can go do it differently, you know? Right. And having oh, somebody well, to encourage yeah, yeah. When I think you get around. So, so, so the goal is I, I was just listening to the podcast and said, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. You're the average of your five right. relationships. And my best friends in ministry are church planters or pastors. And, you know, the, the advantage to that is, as you said, I don't want to have to go and figure out that I messed it up on my own. I want to learn from someone else's mistakes. Yeah, but some of the advice and the wisdom that I have gotten and continue to get saves you years yeah. of living it out the rough way, the hard way. Um, because, I mean, you know, church planning is hard anyway. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Starting from nothing is hard anyway. I want to make as little uh, and as few mistakes as possible. And so it's it's all about the relationships and really being around people that make us better. So, and I think, hey, you know, being around people that are better than you is uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it, when you're insecure, it highlights your insecurities. Yeah. And so I think it takes a level of saying, look, I'm not as, you know, brilliant or as well-developed in these areas and I'm okay with yeah. where I'm at because I'm working to get better. And, and I'll be honest, I, I know lots of church planners that don't get around people that are better because of that insecure factor. Sure. And I think you have to at some level say, look, you're not, you're never going to be the best. There's yeah. always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone smarter, but if you'll allow them to be in your life and I find people that are smarter than me and better than me, they never judge me anyway. They're excited to be on the journey to help me sure. get better. And they tend to live with open hands. And yeah. So, well, you just said it great. You got to allow them, you know, you got to allow them into your life and say, I want to make room for them. And uh, when did your lid get lifted? 345 at your first service. It's not the average, you know, I mean, that's a pretty large, was there a point where your faith got lifted or they said, Hey, if you do this and that, we really feel like you can, you know, do something large. How did that come yeah, about? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I think when you walk out a miracle and you walk out something like a church plant or even us trying to buy a building, I think you got good days and bad days. I think yeah. you got days where you're like, man, I'm a champion and days where you're like, 
wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> sure. not so good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, but I think the thing that gives me excitement and encouragement is when I can tell there's momentum. And I think three months before we were getting ready to launch, I knew we had the mo. I think we, we, we were seeing people show up. We were seeing people engage. There was a buzz about us. Um, it, and I think that's what I'm looking for, even in ministry now. You know, having gone almost seven years, there are seasons when your church has got this momentum, and there are seasons where you're like, yeah, I don't feel the mo. Um, and that's what gets me excited because you can tell – my faith is lifted as everyone else's faith is lifted as well. They're, they're excited. They're talking about it. And um, I think that's, that's one of the things that really, you could tell something special was happening. That's great. Um, but I would never, I, I, I didn't, I didn't say we were going to have this amount. And if we don't, I'm going to be sad. It was just always like, God, whatever you want to do. I'm and you believing. felt the Lord begin to move. You, you said the word momentum. Yeah. Like, hey, we, yeah. God is in this thing. That's great. There is. Yeah, you know, because you, you got those times where you're speaking faith, but you can't really see it in yeah. the spirit or the heart of the people around you. You're having to implant it in them. Yeah, sure. But man, it's pretty amazing when you can see it in them. They're talking it. We're talking it. We're living. They're sh you know, because it's one thing, you know, even starting a church, sometimes I'll coach some guys and I'll say, hey, how many people you got on your team? They're like, oh, I got 42. I'm like, awesome. How many people showed up at your last interest social? Oh, 12. I'm yep. like, okay, hold on, wait. Yeah. Like, because if you got 42, they ought to be showing up at everything. That's who really becomes the. Yeah. And so it's when you can really visibly see it and they're showing up and they're talking and they're telling their friends. And so, anyway, I think that's when I knew something great that's was great. about to happen. Yeah. What, what happened in you as a leader? Uh, the process. So you're <laughs> seven years in. Talk to me about the process that's happened to you as a church planter. Now you're pastoring, you know, not just planting, but you're uh, oh, some, man, some things so you've learned. I think the biggest thing that I've learned, and, and trust me, I'm still learning it, I think it's humility. Yeah. Uh, I think being a leader and a type D personality, I'm a DI, for those of you that are familiar with the DISC, um, I think you can be bold and I think you can be driven and I think we can have goals but I'm also a three on the Enneagram which means I'm an achiever and so I find value in achieving and one of the things that we can do is I think uh, without realizing you begin to walk in pride with some of your success and some of what God is doing and it's not that you intend to necessarily but I've learned to walk a little softer. I've learned, I've learned to really be careful to not let my success make someone else feel like a failure. Yeah. To not have to tout what we've done. or, and, and I think the pride of not letting people see, people closest, some of the struggles on the inside, I've really worked to just be open and transparent. Because, you know, there's, there's uh, weeks or months where you're blowing and going, you're breaking records, and then... You know, you, you can have a week where you're like, that's the lowest week we've had in a couple of years. Yeah. But you don't tell nobody about that, right? right? You, sure. just, you just text everybody. <laughs> that doesn't make the tweet, that. hashtag lowest Sunday. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And I think part of my, my year this year has really been, hey, I text when, when my day was low. Like, yeah. hey, it was, it was a really low day. And just yeah. really being more open and saying, God, I, I don't want to be prideful. And, yeah, and ultimately, you know, this church is your church. It's not my church. Yeah. So God, whatever you want to do in a church, do it in this church. Whatever you want to do in me, do it in me. And and then I think the other thing that I've learned is that I'm looking more for the long game. 
Um, I think when you first plant the church, you're, you're counting your wins by your weeks. Now that I'm in six and a half, seven years, my win is where are we going to be in 10 years? Yeah. Where am I going to be in 20 years? Like, awesome. like how can I continue? Because these wins here are good, but if that's my focus and that's my only scoreboard, well, you ride a roller coaster. You can be volatile. I, yeah. yeah. So, but when I'm looking at a long game and a strategy, you know, I'm 42 years young right now. So I figure I'd another 20 something years, you know, of really just in this, you just start to say, okay, we're okay. You know, if there's a low day, it's okay. Yeah. But, we're building healthy leaders. We're creating healthy life-giving culture. Services are better today than they were last year this time or even last month. And so you just start to look at it a little bit different. And, and Pastor Dino Rizzo said something to me a couple of years ago. Uh, it was real interesting. There was a whole bunch of church planners in the room. It's probably about 12 of us. And he said, listen, he said, every one of you, let's go ahead and settle this. You're all amazing pastors. You're probably all going to pastor mega churches. But, but what I need you to know is you just, right now, I want you to learn how to have fun and enjoy your moments, your wins, your yeah. victories, because we always tend to strive for the future and that never stops. And if we don't learn how to be satisfied in the now, we lose the joy of what God is doing. So good. And so great. You get to the end of the goal, but you've been miserable. Why? Because every goal has another goal. Yeah, it's good. The win has another one. Okay, you buy this campus, but you're going to want another campus. Yeah. You're going to want to... And so I'm learning this year more than ever just to say, look, man, I'm, I'm satisfied, but I'm not content. Yeah. I'm, I'm joyful, but I'm still striving at some That's level. Now, I'm not striving where it's in my flesh, but it's like, God, I'm stretching towards what you have for me. And it's a, it's a, it's a both and, and it's this tension of yeah. enjoying the moment, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, content and apathetic and lazy. I, I want to, God, I'm always going to stretch. I'm always going to move forward, but I want to enjoy this win. I want to enjoy what you've done and, and so good. the lives that are changed. So, yeah, that's so good. Well, it goes to what kind of church you're going to have with the quality of your own heart. You know, right. so many people forget about the quality of their own soul in pursuit yeah. of the next deal. And you oh. said it great. Hey, people got saved this week or decided right. like if heaven's yeah. rejoicing, maybe you should at least, you know, grab an ice cream <laughs> cone on the way home. You know, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I think our scoreboard and, and you guys know this, our scoreboard is different than God's. Yeah. And I wonder if when we get to heaven, you know, it's, it's, we're going to have some major paradigm shifts. Of yeah. Who really built God's kingdom? Because ultimately that's what the church is all about. We're going to go back to we're building the kingdom of God. Yeah. So that means, you know, it, and it's going to look different. Like my, my reality is I just have to realize my full redemptive potential. Yeah. I don't have to keep up with the other churches in, right. in our city. I don't have to compare myself to the latest and greatest. I just have to compare myself with the full measure of God's redemptive potential in my life. And okay. so that means so my mom told me a story a long time ago. I was 18 years old. I was super discontent. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not real happy with where I'm at. And I remember just feeling a frustration. And my mom was telling me that there was a, a tree out in the back. It was, it was an apple tree. And uh, she pointed to it and she said, you know, what we've got to learn is to be like a fruit producing tree. And now apple trees, when you first plant the seed, they don't produce fruit within the first couple of weeks or yeah. months, 
it takes years. And so, and even when it starts to produce fruit, it does it gradually, you know, and each year the harvest gets greater and greater as the the tree is healthier and healthier. And so she told me a lesson that our goal is to be perfect in our season. Yeah. Whatever season that is, whether you're producing a lot of fruit in this season or it's a season of pruning, like my goal is that, God, I want the full redemptive potential of your purpose in my life to be met. And right now, I want to be perfect in season. Yeah. And so I've got to be the best church I can be at this season. And the next season, I've got to be the best pastor in church and create this culture where we're the healthiest we are in that season. And so I think that's helped me to just go back and reflect that. I just got in my perfect in my season. Yeah. Uh, my journey is different than everybody else. The fruit that I produce is different. And, and my comparison is with the person you've created me to be in the church you've created me to build. That's so good. So good. How do you, uh, you know, you, uh, I know you've been portable for a long time. Your church has grown, which has a yeah. lot of challenges, uh, you know, staffing, all this sort of stuff. How did you stay at it? You know, some people don't keep going, uh, you know, or how did you, what keeps you going through those challenges? Yeah. You know, for me, I think it goes back to, and, and I don't want to over-spiritualize it. I just want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's good. I think God really has an assignment for your life. And, they, and listen, seven, you know, six and a half, seven years, we have been portable. You know, one of the things I'm excited about, the potential of purchasing this property that we've got a contract, you and I were talking about, and I'm excited and we're raising money, and, is to get out of the portability factor. But what I realize is when you get rid of one giant, you've got to face another giant. And so yeah. the giants never stop. You just, I, I always go back to the lives change. When I start to get frustrated, when I start to feel a little defeated or like, yeah. like stagnant or any of those, I should go back to men. Can I go back to one story of a person's life who's been changed because of the, the effort, the work, the focus That's great. That, that we've done? And really those stories, you got to keep them inside of you because here at the end of the day, it's, it's funny. I was, talking to another church planner and he said, what's the, what's the best and worst thing? I said, the best thing about planting a church is people. And what's the worst thing? People. Yeah, <laughs> because people are yeah. the best. And yet some yeah. of your greatest pain, some of my biggest hurts and disappointments and pains that I've ever felt yeah. have come through people who either intentionally or even unintentionally, have hurt your heart. And, yeah. and so you've got to continue to say, God, I'm going to love them passionately, but I'm going to hold them loosely. I'm not going to allow bitterness to fester because it will, it could make you, yeah. if you don't let go of that pain. You become bitter. You're like, man, what am I doing all of this for? Nobody appreciates me. Nobody even cares. Yeah. And you get on this soapbox and it's just a lie from the enemy because God has an assignment for your church, for your city. And the devil wants you to believe the lies so that you tap out. Yeah. God says, no, I don't want you to tap out. There's, there's people's lives that, that need to be touched and changed, and you're the one to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, you're talking about pastoring your own heart there. How many people uh, uh, they get hurt, and uh, their heart gets bitter. They stop flowing in with uh, the Lord, and all of a sudden they're just pulling off services and a bitter, right. person inside. And- uh, well, and the bitterness always seeps out. So, you know, when you look yeah. at, at someone's life, you can always tell by the, their words, it just starts to come out. Of, it oozes through your pores. It's interesting. Um, you know, 
Phyllis and I, we've been married. We're going to celebrate 20 years in February, which has right. been amazing. Awesome. Um, we started counseling four years ago. Which is funny. Didn't go to counseling, started a church. I'm like, oh my God, I need a therapist. Yeah. Somebody help us. <laughs> and uh, we actually, still to this day, we go to weekly counseling. Love it. Um, and I think every pastor needs a place where someone, and look, I know we all have overseers and we all have pastors that pastor us, but I'm talking about someone that's in your soul every week. That, yeah. Hey, tell me about that. And, and what we don't realize is, as you said, if I don't deal with that, it ends up manifesting in my life. Absolutely. It, it never goes away. So hidden pain, you can push it down, you can yeah. stuff it down. But the truth is it's going to manifest one way or another. Some people, it's physical sickness and ailments. And so I think a great thing to do is get, get a counselor. And, you know, it's funny. I told our church, it was four years ago. I said, hey, you know, and this was back before really I was hearing anybody saying they're in counseling. I just told Phyllis, I'm going to tell them, look, we're in counseling. And I told them, look, you pay for it. Yeah. I'm a better pastor. And the church does. They pay to Absolutely. get me in front of this therapist. And it is amazing. It's been the best thing for my soul, for my marriage, for my family, and for my church. So good. You know, you're giving permission to people. A lot of times pastors, especially church planters, they think, i got to act like I have it all together. Right. I think right. every church plant budget should have a coach and a counselor as a line item in their budget. Oh, that is so good. Well, those are two things that are in our budget every year. Absolutely. absolutely and, and listen, they're not cheap. Yeah. You're going to get a good coach. He's going to cost you. You're going to get a good therapist. They're going to cost you. Yeah. And here's another thing. And I know there are lots of pastors that do this. We actually pay for free counseling for all of our staff. That's great. Um, and so awesome. every one of my staff go to counseling and we're all better for it. And uh, I will tell you, if you start counseling, though, it gets worse before it gets better because sure. they're pulling the scabs off and the, sure. ripping the band-aids off and um, but I tell you, it, it seems like every breakthrough I've ever had at the church has been synced up with the breakthroughs I've had in my soul. It's awesome. Uh, you know, God, I, I really believe that he elevates people as, you, as the, the health of your heart and your life and your soul. And it's, it's amazing how it happens. You know, make no mistake about it. As leaders and lead pastors, you are the lid to whatever God wants to do in your church, in your organization. And so we've got to be healthy. And we got to be growing. Well, that's why your church is growing. You know, you're, you're posturing yeah. yourself in humility to say, if I'm the lid and I've got yeah. some things that are just in my human nature, I need a coach and a counselor. Your humility to put both of those voices has actually lifted the lid of your church to grow. And so many people are, I'm not going to go oh, to a counselor. I don't need a coach. You've just lidded your church. That's it. I mean, you're yeah, just that's, right. that's as far as we're going to go. Yeah, well, and I don't even know if I'd say humility is desperation. Hey, I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. I wouldn't say it was, you know, and I think God will do that too. He'll put you in a place where you sure. just, you're so miserable or you're, you're so desperate. You're like, and, and I've said that, God, I'll do anything. And it's yeah. like, great, go do something. Because yeah. see, we want God to tell us to do something spiritual. Yeah. I, I find that so, so often that spiritual breakthrough is tied to a, a natural act of obedience. It's great. You know, it's something just so normal, so natural. We, we, we kind of make spiritual, uh, our miracles, this hyper spiritual thing. Yeah. The miracle is just one practical step at a time. Um, and then God puts this super on top of your natural. That's right. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, but it's, it's been a good ride. It's, it's been fun and, and hard and exhilarating. And, uh, you know, you, we talked earlier before this podcast, you said, Hey, I've got, 
some church planners listening in this process, what would you tell them? Uh, you know, if you yeah. were them, what yeah. was the advice? And you and I jokingly, kid, I said, don't do it. Don't do it. Because <laughs> it is, it's the best and the hardest thing you'll ever do. And if yeah. you could be talked out of it, you definitely don't need to do it. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to take that grit and that resolve and the tenacity to say, I'm in this. And, and then you just got to make a commitment. I'm in it. God, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm doing it. I'm all in. It's awesome. Well, Pastor Jim, we're so appreciative of you being on the podcast. Would you mind just praying for us? You know, a lot of listeners today, they're right on that bubble, deciding whether to go all in. Uh, yeah. some of, they're a couple months in, and they're feeling that crucible of what church planning mm-hmm. does. And could you just pray uh, over us and just uh, pray a blessing there, and, and um, then we'll close out. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, for those of you that are, are at that place where you're just, you know, you're taking those steps of faith, um, one of the things that I look at, is God meets us at our steps and rarely meets us at a leap. And so don't try to shoot for the leap. Just go for the next step. Just, you know, if you're raising money, what's the next step? If you're launching the church, what's the next step? And then you keep your eyes focused on how big God is. And and I would challenge you with this. Don't make God look small. Take big steps of faith and let him come through and do what only he can do. And we're going to pray with you believe with you. Father, I pray for every listener right now that is out there taking steps of faith. God, they have heard your call. They have felt you lead them in the direction they're walking in. And some of them right now, God, they're faced with some big giants in their life. I'm asking you to give them the faith to take the steps forward, to, 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 to move forward in faith, knowing that you will meet them at every single point. Uh, God, we come against any spirit of fear, timidity that would cause them to back down, to shrink back, and God, fear that would paralyze them. Many times people lose the victory because they stay still. They're paralyzed. And God, I pray you would break that off of them. And Lord, impart in them right now a spirit of faith, a gift Mm. of faith. And Lord, we know ultimately it's you building your church. You've allowed us to steward uh, where we're at, what we're doing. And so we choose to do it knowing that you're in control. And uh, God, whatever you want to do, do it in our lives, do it in their lives. We thank you for that. We pray that you bless them, bring all the resources needed, bring people, bring money, uh, bring, bring great, great success in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Jim, thanks for being on the Start Church podcast. This has been gold today. I appreciate it. Love you, my friend. So great to be on here with you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.